If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everyone, to episode 517 of Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by the usual crew, Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. Stella Chung, how are you? Good. It's still so weird to hear that I'm like an official person on Unlocked, but yay. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you'll get used to it. It'll be yeah. good. Uh, Destin Legary, give us the phrase. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, I want to thank uh, Stella and Destin for holding down the fort last week while Miranda and I were on assignment. We will be able to tell you about what we were doing last week, next week. So until then, I'm not taking any further questions. That's the end of it. <laughs> but. Um, we got some notable releases this week I wanted to cover off real fast before we get to the heart of our conversation this week. Shocker, it's about Halo again because we're seeing some Halo campaign. Yes, if you haven't seen the uh, six-minute campaign overview trailer, pause this podcast right now and go watch it. But <laughs> uh, the quick things I wanted to mention, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is out and it is great, says IGN.com's Tom Marks. Eight out of ten. Uh, I know I shouldn't be surprised at this. I guess it's it's the Avengers factor that's kind of lowered everybody's collective expectations here from Square's uh, Marvel-related efforts, but this is the IDOS Montreal team responsible for the Deus Ex games, the most recent Deus Ex games. So uh, really looking for... I got to add that to my list of games to play now, <laughs> which gets progressively longer at this time of year. And then speaking of eights, not an Xbox game, but it is a Microsoft first-party game. If you're a PC gamer with a pretty decent gaming rig, Age of Empires 4, also an 8 out of 10 as well. So don't miss that. That uh, is a long-running series. A lot of history, age... li literally and figuratively. What's that, Testin? Age isn't that PC-intensive, is it? Age of Empires, it's like an RTS. Uh, so. I mean, the new, a new one, the new one, I think, is reasonably, like, you want to have something decent to throw at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just, you know, your average work laptop like I'm staring at here, which I don't think I don't think this could run like Minesweeper at this point. This <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, also, I wanted to give a quick shout out 
to a game. We don't have a review on IGN at the moment. I'm not sure uh, if we are planning one or not because there's just six million games coming out. But a game uh, that's right behind me, Echo Generation. It's on Game Pass. This is an ID at Xbox game. As you can see, it's voxel-based. It's an adventure game. It's uh, There was a demo of this tied to the Game Awards, I think, last December, so almost a year ago. And it's uh, and this has been featured on one or two Xbox events in like the montage segment. It's really fun. I'm having a good time with it so far. So if you like adventure games, dial that thing up on Game Pass. I'm just getting into it myself, but I'm having a good time. Uh, and then there's one more on here. Who wrote that? Who wrote that Moonglow Bay note? Miranda. I wrote <laughs> oh, it. Good Hold note, up. Miranda. Yeah, I, I know, Dustin, you had talked about it previously. I think um, Brandon had as well. But Moonglow Moon Bay is out. Uh, that's out on Game Pass. So I just wanted to make a note of it just because I know some folks were anticipating it. And it seems it's like a nice little relaxing, uh, fishing slice of life game. So. Oh, yeah. Now I. Yeah. OK, yeah. Yeah, yeah that it looks, looks like good. Minecraft so sort of. There's a lot of lore to the fish. Uh, they're like spirits of people or something. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. I haven't played it yet, but it's a very charming game. Good call, Miranda. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's also Game Pass, I believe, yes. correct? Yep. Yes. Oh, man. Wow. It's, uh, no, you're getting your subscription money's worth here. You're 10 bucks a month. For that I think it's made by two full people. Value. Very small that's, team. Oh, wow. Very small team. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. So plenty of good Game Pass fodder this week. And then coming up very soon, we've been talking uh, a lot recently about the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy remaster, officially known as GTA Trilogy, the definitive edition. <laughs> that is officially dated now. It's November 11th as a digital release. If you want a disc, that won't be out till December 7th, interestingly enough. Hmm. But November 11th on digital, and that'll be 60 bucks or effectively 20 bucks per game. Although what's interesting about that is uh, the just San Andreas is going straight into Game Pass on November 11th. So uh, you yeah. can at least you can play one of them, <laughs> which I think is really great. And and Sony's getting uh, through PS now. They're getting GTA three. So later, like a week later. It's oh, really it? weird. I thought it was the same day. Oh, I thought no, it was a lunch day. It's a little bit later. So Xbox gets the biggest, most popular game, San Andreas, which is really, really cool. And uh, Sony is getting GTA three a few days later. Which is, it's really an interesting strategy. Now, I'm really yeah. excited about this, as Miranda knows, because I've been talking to her a lot about it. I've already played through GTA 3, the PC version. I've almost played through Vice City. Those games are much shorter campaigns than you remember. The total play time for like GTA 3 was like four hours. Get out of All here. the campaign missions. Yeah, really? that's how long it is. If you just beeline through it? If, if I... you beeline through it in GTA 3, there's no wall. But in Vice City, you had to buy all the properties. And then San Andreas was like a uh, much larger San Andreas also had a lot of RPG elements where like yeah. you could like get super jacked. You could like <laughs> work out. Uh, there was a, a stamina gauge where you had to like build up your stamina. I'm not to that one yet. I have to wrap on Vice City first, but I forgot, Ryan. I'm sorry to just sort of hijack the no, show please. here. <laughs> um, I, I'm really excited about GTA Trilogy. GTA 3, 20 years old. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary. And I don't think, even I had forgotten how much of an impact that game had on the industry as a whole. It was the first like open world experience where you could basically do anything. You could run people over. There was the whole controversy about like the prostitutes in the game and how right. that you could actually increase your life to be one twenty five. Yeah, you could have sex for health. Yeah, yeah, yeah you could what? have sex for health. Um, 
I also have to really quickly, Dustin, I'm sorry. I have yeah. to say the first thing you say when you can do so like just you can do anything, you go to you can run people over. <laughs> well, yeah, you well, I mean you could you could follow the law. Oh and then like God. there was a whole radio station. Like I'm doing capture just because it was so easy. I just hit Alt F9 on my computer. I'm like, I'll just capture it. I'm playing it anyway. Um and uh it's very it's bare bones when you look back, but it was also revolutionary because there was nothing like it. There was nothing like GTA three at the time. It was basically like taking that third person formula and it's just so special to me. I would sit in my, uh, my room and I would just listen to the talk show radio stations, chatterbox, chatterbox <laughs> uh, all night. And there's just like, so there's just hours of dialogue on the radio stations. Yeah. The, the game is phenomenal. I can't wait to see what they do. Before the show, I actually brought up some of the stuff. They're they're improving the controls. The controls were god awful. You would have to aim. In hindsight, yeah, they're very bad. Like by any bad. standard, <laughs> they're terrible. At the time, it was <laughs> you know it was fine because there wasn't really anything better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would have to aim. You would have to press RB. You would have to zoom in with your sniper here oh and then god. shoot with B. All the what? aiming and stuff oh. was mapped over here, and then targeting was here. If you touch, Yikes. If you touch this stick, it would pop you out of your aiming controls. Oh my god! Really, saying the, really the right bad. stick for our audio listeners, by the way. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, okay. Uh, no. You couldn't restart your mission, so if you drive like three islands away, you would have to drive all the way back. That has been correct that they're doing. You got to you got to save right before your mission. That's the that's the move. Every mission, yeah, and uh, still do that probably. But I, I'm really excited to see the improvements here graphically. It's been really impressive, and I I just wanted to express my enthusiasm and excitement for this re-release. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm so with you now, Miranda. In Destin's defense, the the about him, the first thing out of his mouth being running over pedestrians. <laughs> I believe. That no game had ever actually let you do that before. Hmm. Uh, there, there'd been driving games with pedestrians, and maybe even ones you could kind of aim for, but they would always dive out of the way. Mm. I don't. I think GTA Three was the first time you could actually run someone over in a virtual car. So, yeah, I mean, when <laughs> at the time you'd you'd go just plow into people because a game had never let you do that before. It, so. it let you be evil. Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. there's no repercussions for your actions. So you're like, well, I'm going to be well, terrible. The wanted stars. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if a cop saw you hit someone, you, they would try to arrest you. But then by Vice City, they right. actually implemented these little skull icons that you could collect. And just your whole goal would to be to go on a rampage and kill as many people as you possibly oh, no. can. Because Dang. in GTA 3, just organically, people would just do that as sort of like a fun thing to do. You would get all your weapons and everything. You create a save and you just go on a rampage. Right. And of course, there was the infamous plane that you had to fly like this. It's like Dodo. Flappy Bird it had, in a plane. Its wings were yeah. broken. It was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> there aren't technically planes in GTA Three. There's, there's the Dodo that you can, oh you can just try to get it. You're like the Wright brothers, basically trying to get airborne <laughs> with that thing. But I'm, I'm so with you, Destin. Just so many great memories of that game, and, uh, and then yeah, San Andreas as right on Game Pass. I guess you could make the cynical argument that the one that is kind of historically everybody's favorite and most popular overall, which is Vice City, that's the one you have to pay. <laughs> you have to pay for it. You can't yeah. get it on a on a game subscription service. But I, yeah, I agree. I still think it's cool that Rockstar is is putting individual games on each uh, each platform's subscription service. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's November 11th. Can't wait for that. Uh, it's going to be fun to dive back in. 
Uh, real quick before we get to Halo, a event announcement here. The Xbox Anniversary Celebration live stream will take place when else on November 15th, the actual 20th anniversary of Xbox. That's going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And the head of Microsoft Studios, Matt Booty, making it very clear, saying, quote, while we won't announce any new games, this anniversary broadcast will be a special look back at 20 years of Xbox. We will have that for you on IGN because, of course, of course, we're going to air that. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'll also note that at the risk of of uh, jinxing this whole thing before we've actually done it, we do have a special unlocked planned that will drop that day as well that I think people will enjoy. So we're, we're putting that together now. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time to talk Halo once again, because you know what? We've been waiting six years to talk Halo. So if you're like, God, you guys are talking about Halo every week. Too bad. We love oh, it. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We love it. Uh, Miranda, let me start with you. This six-minute campaign overview trailer, six minutes of new campaign <laughs> footage. Ah, you've come prepared. Excellent. Grunt excited. I almost forgot him. 
This is yes. uh, shout out to Mitch Dyer. Don't ever let him know that I have this. <laughs> he left this on uh, accident and I never gave it back. I was like, wow. Oh, right. wow. What kind know. of friend are you? Wow. I'm a great friend. I've I've had a lane with him in Dota. I supported him. It's been this is this is the payment. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yes, what do you so think of we, this, Miranda? Yeah, we've been. Yeah, let's get to the campaign because, or the campaign reveal. I was so surprised to see how much they revealed. Honestly, when they said, "Hey, we're going to show campaign," I'm like, oh, starting our week off with Halo. That sounds fantastic. But also, I, th- I think there's a lot of hmm, curiosity going into this because I sort of thought they would maybe go in the vein of doing some sort of big reveal or explainer, like a dev deep dive into like what they've changed, just because. Obviously, last time we got to see campaign, it was sort of, you know, not not a great reception across the board. And I think there's a lot of expectation there that just wasn't met. Um, but as far as I've seen online, reception seems pretty good. Uh, this this campaign reveal is also very cheeky. I think there's one moment where they specifically refer to Craig. We all know Craig. <laughs> Craig the Brute. He's a, you know. From, yeah, they from were last like summer, returning yeah. favorites and he's running up the ramp to where yes. Craig... But as I was going to say, yeah, there's a line that says, and returning favorites, and then like who <laughs> Craig would have been is still, the, the new evolution of Craig just gets decimated. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but it, it's kind of nice to see them being cheeky and sort of playing with the the knowledge that, yes, maybe our first reveal wasn't quite what we wanted it to be, but now we're back and we have so much to say. So I... I don't know how much you want me to talk, Ryan, because I could talk at length well, about six minutes. But you know, we're gonna, gonna yeah, share. we're gonna go around the table, and we're, <laughs> I mean, I just wanted there's a lot to go on here. So, like, yeah, what, what jumped out at you, Miranda? Let's start there. I think, I mean, honestly, what we're watching right now, just the largeness of the world. So we had sort of a small perspective of that whenever we got the initial uh, reveal, and I think getting to see them you know, hopping in vehicles and exploring was really intriguing to me because uh, we've we've known that Halo has had open sandboxes before. I mean, if you just think about even like the original Halo Combat Evolved and just how far you could drive around, like where are you tumbling? Where are you going? Uh, I know where to go because I play that game so many times. I can do it by like the back of my hand. Um, but this one seems like it's going to offer just a lot for exploration and collectibles. You guys, I'm so excited. Whenever they <laughs> pop the map, you can see all these little markers. You can see the skulls. I'm just like, oh, what are those? I need to know. I will find them. Uh, so I'm just really excited to see that. I know that could be a little bit of a weird thing for some people because I know with Halo, we get this very, oh, it's almost like in a way a curated experience, right? Like their sandbox design and levels are very focused. Like there's options there, but you're not meant to go running around the world you know, Far Cry style or some like huge open world style that we've had for a lot of games. I think transitioning that into a first person shooter can be interesting, especially with one like Halo, where it's not like we really do fetch quests. Like the chief is too good for fetch quests, <laughs> That's right? right. Uh, so it would be people fetch see... things for him, not the other way around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think we kind of saw that with like some of the drops. It's like, yeah. yes, thank you. Go get this for me. Like, hey, get, you know, <laughs> bring bring me a mongoose, and then pff, a mongoose appears. So it's <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious to see what sort of other activities there will be in this world. If there are, um, obviously, we see this one right here. And if you're listening, we are watching the segment where Chief goes into that facility. And has to go shut it down by destroying the different, I guess, like vent things that are yeah, there. Energy tower things, I guess. Yeah. Fuel, so fuel silos. Yeah. What, whatever those may be, they explode gloriously. That's what we like to see. Yes. So 
that I think could be a really neat part of like the play loop cycle. Again, we don't really know how massive this world is or like what each point looks like. So those are the things that really stood out to me is like, how does this exploration work here? What is the evolution of, you know, Halo look like while also staying true to its roots? So that's what I'm, I'm curious about. Well, I see, I, I see Battle Rifle, I see Scorpion Tank, I click upvote. That's uh, really that simple. No. Uh, Stella, now you're newer to Halo, certainly in the campaign department. You're doing our Halo Infinite multiplayer review while I'll be doing the campaign review. So I'm kind of curious of your perspective here. What, you know, as someone <laughs> that doesn't have 20 years of baked in memories and expectations, you're coming at this a little fresher from a campaign perspective. What did you think of this six-minute uh, campaign overview? It looks really cool. Like, I, I know I need to catch up on the lore and everything, um, which I, I hope I can do before this launches, which means a lot of game time. But uh, it looks really cool. I, I, I think that the enemies look really interesting, especially that floaty lady. I'm just like, oh, she is very cool. And she looks very strong. I mean, she punches Master Chief through, like, the, the building. So I'm very curious about her. Through a tree. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I like this. Um, the open world aspect is definitely very interesting. I don't think I expected that from Halo Infinite, but at the same time, I'm not like 100% surprised. It kind of makes sense because I know a lot of people uh, really like just how big the world of Halo is. So having it be more open world style is makes a lot of sense. Um, I also love the fact that they're accounting for different play styles. They're like, hey, if you want to approach this area this way you totally can if you want to approach it like more stealth like or if you want to go in guns blazing do that i really like that a lot as someone who likes to change things up every so often i like to go in guns blazing but at the same time sometimes i'm just like you know what let me use the environment to try and kill these guys or something like that so i really like that aspect um the story looks very dark and i kind of like that i i at the end of the trailer um i know they said welcome to the new era of halo so i'm just like ooh, okay maybe they're trying to see if they can build something more with this so i'm very curious and interested in the world that they're building now after you know six years of halo not being um around i'm very interested also i didn't realize that this this pilot here his he has the same voice actor as um octane in apex so oh, really yeah, Nicholas Roy. So I, I heard his voice and I was like, oh, that's him immediately. <laughs> so very interested. Um, I don't know. It looks gorgeous. It looks really fun to play. But I, I think I'll still wait for co-op for a campaign just because I, yeah. I, I was having playing through Combat Evolved with my friend. I'm just like, I can't imagine this any other way. Like, we're just having mm -hmm. so much fun just messing with each other, too. Fair. And I feel like that's <laughs> part of the campaign. So I'm definitely going to wait. But it does look gorgeous. And I'm very, in like, very excited to play it. Um, so... Yeah. Destin, yeah, thank you. Destin, how about you? What's uh, what's your reaction here? The main things that jumped out of me watching it is it felt like Far Cry with how mm -hmm. you're blowing up the outposts and whatever. I made I made that connection right away, and, and I'm not <clears throat> I don't mean that as a negative. It just it wasn't quite what I expected immediately from Halo Infinite, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I was actually kind of like excited to see what sort of activities that they're going to be offering. I like that there's like a, a spartan killer basically elite that you encounter in the mission that they showed in this footage that's really exciting i love that they just drop the gear in like they don't even care about it or whatever <laughs> i think that's sort of funny yeah, like and i think right here yeah Damn. here's a 10 yeah, that, million that's, that's dollar exactly. wasp that we carefully constructed and we'll just drop it yeah junk <laughs> um and then uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. And the other thing that jumped out to me was the the AI 
and how she she's very naive. I I'm pretty convinced that narrative wise, as we play through the campaign, something is going to happen and she's going to become uh, more intelligent and definitely grow as a character. I feel like we're being purposefully misled and she's stronger than she actually is letting on. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm just like, it's, it's interesting that they went with that strategy. And while it's going to be a great character to sort of like teach new players about the, the halo universe and everything. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to be in for a surprise with that character. Um, those, those are the main things that jumped out on me. Really excited to play halo infinite. I just want to play it at this point. Like it's so close to launch. I want to experience it for myself. And, uh, we already know that like the gameplay is is going to be awesome because mm -hmm. we played it in multiplayer and uh sorry another part i really love you're safe here drives off a cliff <laughs> yeah this like <laughs> oh okay maybe we don't want to hang out with, with cheap what, anymore no seatbelts what could possibly go wrong we're just plummeting the warthog right off a cliff on purpose i was curious ryan how do you feel about this character having a life bar because i know you don't really like rpg type element things in well the game, so. i don't like numbers floating over damage numbers floating over people's heads in certain games mm -hmm. like uh but yeah no i'm glad you pointed that out because that was on my notes too which is there there are clearly i mean this would seem to indicate some kind of special encounter dare we call it a boss fight because yeah that guy the name i i freeze framed it it's tremonious and he's got a health bar and you know there, that seemed like a you know, substantial firefight. So, you know, Halo has never, it's really been more about kind of special encounters, I would say, over the years than proper boss fights. I mean, there was, there was Tartarus at the end of Halo 2, uh, which, you know, we know that wasn't even supposed to be the end of Halo 2, but there was, um, I'm trying to think of any like actual other boss. There just aren't many. There are very few. Like, you know, in Halo, there's the Scarab. Like, oh, that's a big moment. That's a special moment. It's a, but it's like a, it's like a climactic point, but not. You wouldn't call that a boss fight. So, yeah, if they're if they're gonna work in like boss fights where there are enemies with custom AI that are that have you know different attacks, different things, I am all for that. That's uh, I would love that kind of gameplay variety. But I also want to point out, you know, and this is certainly subjective, but if you watch this in 4K 60, because uh, it's it's a real clean image. Uh, as far as if you, you know, if you do watch this in 4K 60, I think this is it's looking way better uh, than oh, yeah. it, than it did a year oh. ago. I mean, uh, right right up front, the the shots are from the old trailer. You you it jumps right out of you. It's a market improvement yeah. from the original footage. It's less flat. There's more texture on Chief's armor. Uh, more detail and lighting lighting has been reworked it's it's really really uh uh remarkable what they've accomplished this far yeah and in fact on that note i guess let me i'll skip down because there's we have like several halo things to talk about not just <laughs> this but the, as it pertains to this uh, we did learn this week there will uh, as nice as i think this is looking there won't be any ray tracing support at launch but uh, 343 says, quote, we're looking forward to working closely with AMD to bring ray tracing to Halo Infinite. Ray tracing is one of our top development priorities post-launch, and we look forward to sharing more soon. Um, now, Destin, I know you, you, you made a, a bit of a, of a hilarious observation with regard to that. Yeah, I can paraphrase it, but basically I said, 
Well, my first joke was literally unplayable. And my second joke was still can't believe Halo Infinite doesn't have ray tracing at launch. Now, if you'll excuse me, excuse me, I'll get back to my game of the year contender, Metroid Dread. But the point I'm trying to make is I think ray tracing <laughs> has been lauded in, in recent years as like a requirement for all games to have to be wonderful. And I, I just don't think that's true. I think you can have amazing gameplay, awesome gameplay experiences without ray tracing. That bonus is nice to have. I don't think it's a requirement. And a lot of people uh, criticize Halo for it. now. Granted, it's a bummer that it doesn't have it. Like, I'm not going to dumb that down right. at all. But to imply that the the game just, the gameplay is going to be impacted because it doesn't have ray tracing, what? You're going to get a higher frame rate? <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. that's how it's going to be impacted, really. Uh, excited to see it when it does have ray tracing. I think ray tracing is sort of a buzzword that the internet has kind of really latched on well, to this console generation. I don't know. I see I would I would respectfully push back a little on you there because I think uh it was kind of sold as and it may yet come true, but it was sold heading into this new console generation with Series X and PS5 as mm. kind of a big differentiating factor over just, you know, higher but, CPU, more more memory compared to last gen and we we really haven't seen it play out yet. Uh, with mm-hmm. with regard to ray tracing, they told us months ago that Halo wouldn't have ray tracing at launch, though. Like, that, we've known told, that forever. They told, go ahead, Miranda, but they they told us that before the <laughs> before the delay. So yeah, right, right. Like so, there's there's a lot of I would say just quickly on that point of they already told us this. There's a lot of things they've already told us, but I think a lot of people have missed either because it has been through blog posts, which hasn't gotten as cir- much circulation or wasn't yeah. at like some sort of big event that most people are paying attention to. Yeah, they so, also told us it would launch with co-op three times and then, you know, sure, they're like, sure. oh yeah, our bad. I, I think yeah. one of the things too is like, what I keep trying to remind people is like, remember, we are still in the pandemic. Like people are working from home. Like that changes development wildly. I think it is fair for people to be disappointed when something that you're really excited for doesn't have a thing that you're really excited for. That's fair to be disappointed, but it's not fair to not like it's not. Harper. <laughs> huh? That, that I am. I didn't mean oh, no, to no, no, imply no. that. No, like, no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm not yeah. saying that you, were, you didn't imply that you can't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm supposed to just say it's like, take it with like, okay, you can be disappointed, but don't harass people about yeah. your disappointment like that's where it's drawing that line and i think to the disappointment in that you know this is supposed to be you know premier microsoft studio right like they're not coming out with with ray tracing for chief this chief not deserve i, I said this yeah, before the, the, the chief does not, not deserve this yes and i think it's like well, this is supposed to be like a big flagship game this is something that's supposed to really showcase the power of the series x and, you know, there's still some stuff kind of missing. But again, I think if this weren't pandemic worlds, like maybe this past year that they got extra would have been a lot different. Or maybe what we even saw a year ago would have been a lot different. Um, so I think keeping all of that in consideration is just really important because, you know, as as much as I think us as individuals have had problems with the pandemic, like they also are too. This is They're also working in a job that, you know, requires a lot of collaboration and um, I'm sure development cycle with the pandemic has been a lot. So it's just a good thing to keep in mind of like, yes, hold your disappointment, but don't put that on somebody else. Like it's, it's not, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, well that's all I wanted to say really quickly, just because I think there's also been a lot of that with pivot from Xbox technically is like the animal crossing community. Like people are like, well, why didn't they do all these things? Or like, I'm disappointed in this. It's like, okay, guys also. It's like, well, this was such an important game for the pandemic. Why didn't do they do this faster? It's like, 
they're also in the pandemic. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not like they exist in some alternate universe where they just drop ship us some some nice toys to play with while we're stuck somewhere. Um, anyway, I, I also want to just like bring this back really quickly to Halo and say I really hope those skimmers that they showcased in this are replacing the buggers because I hate, the buggers. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> nice. All. Yeah. Yeah. Those were cool to see as a new enemy, but um, yeah, no, I, and that's part of what I was saying up front is the reason I specifically said, I, I, I think this is looking a lot better than a year ago is I wanted to make the point like, yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit of a disappointment because this is a flagship game for, for the platform that there isn't ray tracing at launch, but at, what's there is looking really good to me. I mean, is it like, I don't know. Look, is it is it? I, I hate to use a, a a Sony example because then it just invites platform sure. war that I'm not looking for. But like, is it is it the Last of Us Part Two, you know, caliber of like holy crap visual, you know, visual spectacle? No, but like if you look at the kind of o- the the overall scale and scope of what's going on here, like I, it is looking really good to me visually, and um, and I think you know it's. The fact that it's doing that, like if they're able to add ray tracing later, it's only going to look better. And and Destin, the the joke I was looking to to have you reference is I thought you made you had a really good line about oh. uh, the lack of ray tracing at launch, but the um, the fact that they're <laughs> they've got a little partnership lined up. That oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like no ray tracing at launch. By the way, buy this two thousand dollar graphics card or however much the radio Halo themed. Yeah, they're doing a Halo themed yeah. GPU. I'm not even going to see that On the that same GPU. day that they announced <laughs> yeah. that there's no ray tracing, but they're actually partnering with AMD to do the ray tracing. It's just sort of it was just sort of like this this interesting timing in terms of of announced thing. And like, there's a lot going on with the whole ray tracing conversation right now. Yeah. yeah, people can be disappointed. I'm trying to make the point that gameplay is still king at the end of the day for me. Yeah. And if you have a game with great gameplay, that's that's more important than uh, all of the bells and whistles. I am disappointed that there's no co-op. I think it's very concerning that they promised co-op so many times and then pulled it at the last second. I think Staten, I have this theory that Staten walked into this studio and he had to make some tough calls. No doubt. About like delaying the game, uh, not having co-op at launch pushing it three months out. Those are not enviable announcements that I would wish on any developer, even the ray tracing one. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on within these conversations, including Miranda's point about the pandemic and everything. And I think at this point we can all agree that if you harass developers, you suck. So yeah, I will say too, I loved your Metroid Dread comparison because it's like, people love that game. You think you're going to have ray tracing? Exactly. Hell no. At this point, I just want the game to come out. Like if if that means no ray tracing and co-op at launch, okay, I just want it out. I just want to play it. Like that's fine. People, and then, you know, just like, well, I want this, I want that. Like, do do you want to wait another three months? No? Then, okay, you just wait. It'll be fine. Like, I promise you. Some people would wait. Yes, but just like Stella, like you were saying, yeah. you're probably going to wait to play campaign until you can play co-op. I will say, though, I would invite all of you out there who are like, well, I'd rather play campaign co-op. I'd like to invite you to the great challenge of playing solo legendary with me. <laughs> oh, God. Weapon <laughs> juggling. <laughs> oh my You've God. heard of the great journey in Halo. <laughs> now take on the great challenge of playing solo yes. legendary. <laughs> Uh, it turns out that was the great journey all along was uh was solo legendary was the run. Along the way. 
Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the checkpoints we cleared along the way. Oh, my God. Um, so <laughs> next up, again, we've got kind of a, a, a bit of Halo news surrounding this core new campaign asset. 343 has revealed the date that the online multiplayer servers for several Xbox 360 Halo games are going to close down. And that is January 13th of 2022. So that's coming up in Mm. just under three months. They say, to date, we've juggled future-facing work uh, and priorities with continued upkeep of Halo's Xbox 360 legacy services. Maintaining these legacy services today requires significant time and resources, which directly impacts the studio's ability to support current and future projects like Halo the Master Chief Collection and Halo Infinite. So just wanted to throw that out there. I would venture the number of listeners of this podcast slash viewers that are actually playing it on 360, I'll bet I could count them on two hands. Uh, and, And the reason is, of course, and that's the reason I'm not bothered by this at all, but certainly wanted to bring it up, is because they've done a great, great job with Master Chief Collection that that's where you can go to keep experiencing this, and that's where it's being kept alive and maintained. So I can't imagine really anybody's going to be super upset about the three, the actual legacy 360 servers being spun down here. Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you can still play the single-player campaign on there, too, if you really, really want to. Right. But Well, yeah. Sorry, Stella. <sighs> sorry. Oh, well, it. there are there are places like Brazil where where console gaming is tremendously expensive. Mm-hmm. So there is potentially, you know, a, a large audience in places where it's more difficult to get modern consoles that are still playing this game uh, on on previous consoles. And I, I like to bring them up regularly because I think people forget, like, we're a little spoiled in the it's UK and America and in a lot of these places. You go to Brazil and a 360 costs three hundred dollars, you know, so so. Losing a game like Halo, one of the flagship titles, might be a bigger deal there. But maybe I'm mistaken. I've heard great things about how Game Pass is really taking off in those territories and how the Series S has just been a boon. And I think Xbox even recently adjusted pricing for some territories to compensate for that that issue I'm alluding to. I mean, it has been 15 years almost now since Halo 3 came out. And there is at least the X, you can play it, uh, you can play Master Chief Collection on the Xbox One. You don't need a Series X for it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, it's always kind of sad to see a classic game get sunsetted. But thankfully, in this case, it's living on through and living on in a really uh, authentic way through Master Chief Collection. So there's a, a very, very large silver lining to that. The one other Halo story I wanted to do here is is peripheral halo but a uh, longtime bungie veteran and master chief's actual creator the former art director at bungie marcus leto he is starting a new studio he announced it on twitter saying hey everyone i'm excited i'm very excited to announce that i've joined ea as a game director building a new studio in the seattle area working on first person games Ooh. i can't wait to share more about what we're creating so uh, my first thought was, oh, I wonder if he'll be under Vince Zampella's group because Vince has kind of got he's he oversees a number of studios mm-hmm. besides just Respawn there in the group now. And, and EA has wisely been giving Vince more autonomy, more power uh, over over studios, which is uh, he has clearly earned that. And he is 
in a good steward of of making excellent games. So um, we'll see about that. But uh, the other thing I, that made me that I wanted to bring up with this is uh, EA is is getting into the first person shooter game more than I mean for, before this they had I mean they're you know Titanfall Rip we're seemingly not getting any more of those. Uh, there's Apex certainly and and Battlefield and that's it uh, in the first person view uh, viewpoint here at EA but now you've got uh, also Dice LA the the what's now called Ripple Effect we know they're doing a first person game and uh presumably whatever respawns non Jedi Fallen Order 2 project is is going to be is probably going to be first person there's a very good odds there and now this from Marcus and his new team so um yeah I'm kind of curious you know if we go uh go maybe Stella's way first here. You know, you're a big Apex fan. You've been a big fan of Respawn's work. Mm -hmm. Are you uh, are you eager to see what what a former Bungie veteran has uh, will be able to cook up for EA? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have no idea what they could be making, so I'm very curious about you know him saying that he wants to. Uh, he can't wait to show us like what he's working on, right? But. I don't know. I, th I think EA does shooters pretty well. I feel like they also do narrative very well. Um, I mean, if, if you look at uh, Jedi Fallen Order, like, of course, Respawn did a really good job with that narratively. And same with Titanfall, too. Um, they did a great job with the story. So I, I absolutely trust that EA can do a first person game, even if it's not an FPS uh, very well. I am very, very curious, though, on what that is, because I have no idea what they're going to be, what he's going to be making, what Respawn's making. Also, I want to argue with you ryan i don't think Please. that titanfall like another titanfall title is out of the picture i think that a lot of people forget that devs say hey we're it's not out of the picture like we're just focused on a lot of things right now i mean apex is their first live service game that they've ever had so it's like right. it um you know, when Apex first launched, they learned a lot of different things. They've been expanding the team for that. And originally, Respawn was a very small studio, and now it's been growing. So I think that once they get their resources in order and get their team settled, I think that they might look at Titanfall 3 or, you know, another title, um, especially with the way that Apex lore has just been growing the Titanfall universe. I think people are recognizing, like, hey, Respawn does a really good job with narrative design, and I think that maybe we should funding them <laughs> I, so yeah <laughs> i hope you're right number one where, where i was coming from with that was when there was the quote from what was it like one of the community managers or community developers that, that came out and said oh yeah there's no we're not working on titanfall 3 but then there was the from like the respawn account or something they tweeted later like you never know what we're working on so yeah i don't know it's it has been gosh how it, it's been a good what it's it's been a while. Four years since yeah. how, how long ago was Titanfall two at this point? It's been a while, but let me let me just while we're on the subject, I know we're <laughs> talking about Marcus Leto and his new studio, but Stella, just as a big Apex fan, what do you think it would make more sense to to do if there is a Titanfall three? Mm -hmm. Would it make more sense to actually flip the script and brand it as an Apex Legends game? Because that name has become so much bigger than than Titanfall did. Like, would it be would it be like Apex Legends, you know, Apex Sorry. Legends Universe, yeah, uh, Titanfall Tragedy, um, or you know, like <laughs> did you see something like? Oh no! Uh, you, know, you know, they'd make a dramatic story, as I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I I don't 
I, I think that would be doing Titanfall a disservice. Um, I mean, really, Apex was born of the Titanfall universe, and they both exist. Um, they're following the same timeline. And I, I, I think that, I, I think, I, I understand what you're going for, but I yeah. think that Apex survives well on its own, and it has a continuated, it has a continuation in its story. So I feel like they should stay separate, even though they do take place in the same universe. And now we have um, a legend who was a Titanfall 2 boss. Um, so I, I yeah. I think they can mesh the worlds really well since they are still the same universe, but I think it should still stay Titanfall. It's a Titanfall title because I feel like Titanfall has really become one of those like legacy titles. And they're yeah. just like, you know, like Titanfall has done things that a lot of FPSs have never done and they do them so well. Like I still play Titanfall 2 multiplayer and I'm like, oh my God, what? I, I wish more FPSs were like this. I wish they took care of the servers a little bit more because every time I play, I'm just like, that's right. This is why I love Titanfall. This is why I, I stand by the fact that Respawn makes really good FPS games. Um, I kind of went off on a tangent, but yeah, I, 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 I love, okay. I love Titanfall and Apex. So <laughs> let's, let's take it one step further before we end this uh, topic. What if Marcus Leto's new studio is making Titanfall three? What if that's what they're building? It's not out of the question, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marcus has ex has extensive experience making science fiction high quality first person shooters. That is true. It's not and respawns busy with other things, so you know, <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there as a as a possibility. I mean, I I think the odds are probably a little better that that Marcus and his new team are building something new, but you know, you never know. I I would be thrilled if it if it we learn that Marcus is working on the Titanfall universe. That would be awesome. Yeah, especially if he is under Vince Sempella, then that might be a little bit more, you know, towards the possibility, but that'd be really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely not, like, holding out hope for Titanfall 3 or another Titanfall game right now, but the fact that they do recognize that it has an audience and that Apex is only growing the audience and interest for Titanfall, I, I think that's a really good, like, positive outlook to have. Like, oh, it, I think we could get it in the future. I don't know when. I mean... Halo Infinite's coming out after like six years. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with waiting, you know? <laughs> yes. Still yes, indeed. I'd be curious to hear your thought. There's a little bit of latency today, so I apologize for the tripping over everybody. Yeah. On there this is. episode. <laughs> um uh Stella, I think that when Apex came out, they expected it to be big, but I don't think they expected it to be a phenomena. So they mm -hmm. kind of have lightning in a bottle. Would do you agree with that, or do you think they always expected it to be this major thing? It's like the number, probably the number two uh battle royale in the world i don't think they were expecting it i mean again like i said when i every time i've interviewed them and i talked to them about like the launch they were like yeah we weren't expecting it to take off like this like it was their i i think a lot of people forget that in the beginning respawn actually really struggled to keep up with the live service format i mean their first battle pass was abysmal i i love respawn i'm so sorry but it was so bad um <laughs> a lot of people were like yeah this got really stale and a lot of people actually dropped off in season zero because they're like there's nothing else for me to do here. like yeah i can go in and play the game but i have no rewards there's no reason for me to keep playing so they actually struggled a lot with keeping up with that format but once they realized how big this was how much re how many resources they needed to pour into re or to apex they're like yeah this is huge this this could be really big so yeah, yeah i don't think I, they were expecting if it if i remember right wasn't wasn't Apex basically a skunk works project within Respawn that like EA didn't even really know about? I feel like I remember talking to them about that or, or reading that somewhere. I could be wrong. But didn't you and CJ go do the we, reveal event? Yes. Well, the right before it came out, it was like, hey, mm -hmm. come down and, and play this thing. Mm -hmm. um, wait, what was that? 
Was that me? Rainy no, that wasn't me. That was I'm that was Titanfall 2. <laughs> oh. We did set somebody oh, wow, okay. went down. It might have been Brandon Tyrell. I don't Brandon, know. yeah. Because yeah. oh, okay. I just pulled them in a room and I was like, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god. But yeah, still, I totally remember that because I was one of those people who fell off. Like there's yeah. so many like just basic things like stats not being tracked mm-hmm. and like just a lot of stuff that's like, well, I guess I'll put the tally on my yeah. like, your mall of how many times I've won. Yeah, I I remember that. I mean, they dropped it and it was hugely successful with no marketing or anything at all. So the fact that it did so well on its own, it it was very telling. But yeah, and I remember them. it, It was it was definitely a passion project. So it's not like they did this as a cash grab like most companies do with battle rails i won't name any names but anyways um yeah it, it was very telling because when every time i've talked to the devs they're just like yeah we really loved PUBG. we really liked fortnite like we wanted to bring something like that but from the titanfall universe because we really loved those types of games and the fact that even though there are problems with apex that the community is so like passionate about it and now it's it's a it's a blossoming esports too like the fact that it's so um successful i think response like yeah we need to take a look at what we're doing so uh, well, to your point, Ryan, I just wanted to make the real quick point that yeah. I think Apex has been so successful, not only for Respawn, but for EA, that it has caused EA to reevaluate their entire publishing strategy and look for new opportunities. So this the studio from uh, Leto, the reason it's first person shooter is probably due to the success of Apex. And that lends a little bit more credence to the idea that he could be working on an Apex spinoff of some sort. Yeah. Mm. I mean, okay. you never know. He also, his entire career has been spent making shooters. So it's like, that's what he mm-hmm. knows and that's what he's good yeah. at. So if they signed him up, they know, you know, they're probably not going to ask him to make a, a JRPG, right? <laughs> they're going to, oh my God. Or Imagine. a dating sim, you know, they're yeah. probably. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, anything's possible, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute. A Titanfall right. dating sim? <laughs> I which, mean, which Titan would be the yeah, most they match right you with the Titan. They're just like, mm, which Titan would be best fit for your personality? <laughs> I know people always like treat dating sims as a joke when there are actually a lot of depth and good stuff to it. But I'm also like, if this means on April 1st, I get a dating sim for games that I love and it's very goofy, but fine. I will take it every single time. Yeah. Um. I, I guess on the point of this topic as well, I, I think hearing that we're getting like just yet another studio is really interesting. And I kind of want to like create a little time capsule for myself for five years. Like I'm ready to open this in five years. I want to list all the new studios that have been announced recently. Like there has been the respawn spinoff studio from a lot of those folks who went on, they're just doing their own thing. Um, Ken Levine studio. Don't know what's happening there. That's still just been a big question mark. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, former IGN employee Scott Lowe is working on That's No Moon, which is like independent AAA development sort of deal. So there's a lot of these, we're making a new studio with like very (laughs) big talent from before. And that's so exciting, but I'm just like, okay, guys, what, what are you, what are you doing? I want to know. So I think it's just like one of those check back in in a few years and maybe everyone's announced something. So there's the team uh, that broke off from play dead and is making, um, they we've seen the trailer at the yeah. last xbox event it looked amazing and i'm blanking on the name of the game now but yeah there's there's a ton of those there's a ton right of those, so yeah um, just no shortage of games yeah <laughs> just so, one more point about the ea thing i, I know that they're putting um uh, they, they have him now so there's like another studio being in the works i i also want to not to stay on the apex thing but like i know that ea has made apex has declared apex as one of their flagship game flagship games um and i'm just like 
put, put a little bit more love in it. Like, you know, give give us a little bit more um, support because I know there have been a lot of issues. And it's like, I, I understand that all these new studios might fund new IPs and new money and stuff. But I, I really wish that they would focus on uh, giving more support to companies that are clearly growing their own platform and giving back the trust to the community. I mean, Respawn does a fantastic job of communicating to their community, like, hey, we're working on this. We're doing this. They're yep. very transparent. And not only that as a company, but even the devs as individuals are very good at, I mean, they're they're active in the subreddit. They're constantly answering questions, even if, you know, they know that they'll get a lot of hate for it. They're very active in um, player, like streamers, communities and stuff too, like always being there for questions. So I, I hope EA recognizes that and realizes that they have to invest in these companies that are reestablishing this trust for them. Because I know a lot of people still hear EA and they're just like, oh, EA, you know, and, and I think that Respawn especially has been doing a really good job of uh, reconnecting communities together. So uh, just wanted well, to throw that in there. If you're watching on video, there's, there's Titanfall 2 campaign B-roll playing right <laughs> now, and you? I just want to play Titanfall 2 campaign. <laughs> Uh, but I've got to wrap this topic up. And uh, in fact, we are running out of time. So I'm going to save the uh, loot box for next week. But I've got Sorry. that queued up and ready. But because <laughs> we have to do the trivia question before we go, because oh. it's Halloween week. We've got Halloween coming up. And Lee DeWald, whose gamer tag is Distinct Urchin 7, he's from Omaha, Nebraska. And he writes, in the spirit of the holiday season, I'm submitting a Halloween-themed, sort of Halloween-themed trivia question. These four games feature aliens, zombies, and other things that go bump in the night. They all date back to the 360 days, and they're all dead, in quotes, <laughs> on arrival. Which dead game appeared in Summer of Arcade? So I think this is a layup, and I hope all of you get it. Uh -oh. So I'll, I'll uh, get my, my scorecard <laughs> out here in a second. I can't see that now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which of these four appeared... Was a, was a summer of arcade game. Was it Dead Island, Dead Light, Dead Rising, or Dead Run? So let's see. Let me go. Let's see, I'll go uh, Destin's way first today. I don't know what Dead Run is. I've never heard of it. Uh, I played Dead Rising. I played Dead Island. I think it's Dead Light. I think it's B, okay. but I don't know, Ryan. Like, I don't know at all. All right. Fair enough. Miranda? I said layup. Now I'm like, yeah, uh, pride first, is on the line. A little reverse psychology, put the pressure on, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know this one, but first I want to say, Lee, thank you for that lovely description. That was great. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a Dead Island. I don't know, and I don't remember. Okay, Stella, any thoughts here? Yeah, my first thought was Dead Island. You go with Miranda on this one. Yeah, it's arcadey. <laughs> okay. Well. uh I, we are going to put points on the board this week, which makes me happy. Uh, and it's going to make the winner extra happy because that means the gap is closing. Destin is no! correct. No! Miranda no! at nine for the year. No! Destin at eight. Yeah, Deadlight. Uh, I actually, after I looked at Lee's question, I went back. I was like, oh, I remember Deadlight. And then I went back and looked at the IGN review. I reviewed it. No! <laughs> I gave it an 8.5. Oh it's yeah. it is actually it's it's very much like it's a it's a side scrolling like atmospheric you know kind of in the limbo kind of vein. That's really um, funny. <laughs> it's a it was really good and yeah um, that was a that was a summer arcade game. Dead Island was a retail release, so of course was Dead Rising, and then Dead Run uh, I threw in there as uh, as a just a red herring that 
Dead Run, if if my brain was remembering correctly, was a um, a canceled. Let's see, wait, I may have gotten the name wrong, but in any case, I'm glad uh, I'm glad nobody fell for it. There was a ca- <laughs> there was a canceled Activision game that no. was named no. something like that. But anyway, uh, Lee, great job on that trivia question. And if anybody else Excellent. out there wants to send in an unlock block trivia question, email it to unlocked at ign.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct one and don't forget your name as well. We've got to get on out of here with that uh, episode 517 in the books. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Destin? Destin Legary at Destin Legary on Twitter where I just <laughs> post dumb stuff now. Just don't take me seriously there. Uh, <laughs> All right, fair watch, enough. You can watch Halo react. My ha- I did my Halo reaction on my YouTube if you want to see that. All right. So, yeah. I do. I do want to see that. YouTube Miranda? the Destin channel there. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and everyone else, everywhere else uh, at Havoc Gross and Havoc with K. I almost forgot my name for a second. It has been one of those months, yeah, it's years. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Please just stay tuned to IGN. We're working on a lot of very <laughs> cool stuff for this fall. So please use our guides and hang out with us. Thank you. Excellent. Stella, take us home. Uh you can find me at Parallax Stella on Twitch and Twitter. Um, and this Friday, I'll be on uh, Twitch Rivals as your host and co-caster for the Back for Blood Twitch Rivals event. I am very excited. Nice. Awesome, I, I really want to see Back for Blood take off as, as kind of like a PvP sports thingy. So very excited for that. So, yeah. <laughs> we have played this. We, we've gotten together twice on Xbox Live and had a awesome so time Rand and i were gone last week so yeah hopefully we can get back to it because i want to get through the whole campaign even if it takes us like six or seven sessions to do like it like two I, years it'll be so fun yeah, i'm having a ball with that game yeah uh, good stuff uh thank you to super producer red and with that we're out of here we'll see you guys next week Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.